and welcome back to the film sake podcast i am brian archija and this is chris lucky <laughs> psych um chris i know you're not here and i just wanted to take this time brian and i've been talking and um we just wanted to let you know uh, we figured it was best this way because we don't like face-to-face confrontation but uh <laughs> what we're trying to say is um you're fired motherfucker you're fired um you had a good run but i'm gonna be taking it over um give people you know a little bit of a change and um maybe get your viewer count up too um this is probably for the best but um yeah you sound like a political candidate that's about to replace Obama. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, he had a good run, but uh, let's face it, I'm the one that's going to make the difference here. Yeah. <laughs> sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyways, uh, I'm here with Jonathan Smathers. Uh, you've seen Back him before. Again. He's been in a couple of, he's been in two episodes already, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, Chris is stuck at work, so he couldn't make it to Aww. today's recording. Yeah, such a shame, Aww. right? <laughs> Uh, but I'm here with Jonathan. We're just going to shoot the shit for a while. Absolutely. Uh, we don't really have a topic. We're going to freestyle it again. Mm-hmm. So, Jonathan, it's been a while since you've been in the podcast. It what has. the fuck has been up? Um, Since school ended, I've really just worked. I, I have not done much filmmaking other than um, us working on that film that we, the, the mockumentary film that we made. All which right. Is, which I'm still really excited about. Uh, and. The, uh, <laughs> You mind if, we, if I say the name? Yeah, go ahead. The Finding of Oliver Nash. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it's it's silly. I, I like working on silly stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. It was a class project, right? Yes, it was It was a short little class project. It only needed to be a three-minute video, and I wanted to take it further and make it into something much bigger. And yeah. uh, it's been my first official kind of real project with, like, an actual crew and stuff. And How does that feel, by the way? Um, It's... It's a little intimidating at first. I was not used to it. I've never been in that type of... Um, this, I mean, it's what I've always wanted to do, I guess. It was hard to describe, but I really loved the feeling of writing a script from scratch and then just seeing it come to life. That was one of the most rewarding feelings ever. It really is a little bit sort mm-hmm. of like watching a baby graduate. And it's got its... it's you know, it's got its faults here and there but i'm I'm super proud of it and that's my, good my actors were amazing and yeah, i loved actor, working with uh, all you guys and andrew was fucking fantastic yes, shout out to you andrew if, i hope he's listening seriously one of the best actors i don't know many actors but <laughs> 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 he's seriously one of the best actors <laughs> ever and i'm really excited to uh share it with with all you guys yeah i know i know a lot of sort of actors that are starting out in, in their acting career, mm-hmm. and Andrew definitely is one of the ones that are, like, up there. Yes, he's definitely got a knack for it, and he really committed to the role. He It's about a um, kind of an asshole, washed-up British rock star, and he just completely became the character, and it was it was <laughs> so, it was so amazing. It, <laughs> he gave me so much great material to work with. But, yeah, making the film, I mean, it was just... Uh, it was really a great experience, and it really encouraged me to keep writing and stuff. Cause, Have well, you been wearing anything since? No. <laughs> we, you always need a refractory I need period. to keep doing it every day, just not writing. We talked about this the first time I was on here about writing. Oh, yeah, and uh, just writing every day. Well, on the plus side, we do have a script writing class next quarter. Yes. Uh, we're currently on break from school because we finished the last quarter. 
And I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but me and Chris nailed the shit out of a presentation. Oh, yeah, that Rocky presentation? Yeah, we nailed the shit out of it. Me, Chris, and Brent, uh, yeah. we worked really hard on it the last two weeks. And we nailed the fuck yeah. out of it, came out of that super proud. I came home and I grilled some fucking ribs, and then I slept. Nice. <laughs> like a weekend. It, it, seemed, it's, it seemed like a pretty demanding class just from watching you guys. It was, it was, it was upsetting how much work <laughs> there was. But in the end, it was all like a lot of fun. And I walked over to my teacher, Talon. And he, and he went like, I said, dude, this was a lot of fun. He was like, that's like saying, that's like telling the Nazis after all the torture, saying like, you know what, this is a great experience. <laughs> so it definitely was a lot of work, and I learned a lot from him. It's so much, so good to be able to relax and chill. Now you can tell the last like three episodes of the podcast, me and Chris were just like super tired, <laughs> and you could tell that we were just kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, what's coming out? Right, that bullshit. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, but you, you put so much effort into it, and. I mean, you're in a field that you love. Yeah, and it's so great. And I feel like it's really rewarding. To put when in you that really much work. give a shit about what you're doing, it, it, it's mm-hmm. a nice feeling, and it, and I'm so happy that I got to that I get to do it now. Absolutely, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I'm getting into some writing back. I have a couple of ideas, and it just ah, uh, it feels. Oh, no, good. I'm ready to make something again, man. You yeah, you haven't done anything in a while. I, or Chris I too. Yeah, Chris is working on his like because he has a pretty lengthy thing. Mm-hmm. So we're we're working and getting shit done, but uh, it's just so much fun to be in mm-hmm. in the field. Uh, what have you seen recently? Have you watched anything interesting? Um, I'm trying to think what has come out since I was last here. A lot of trash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't mean to shit on Hollywood, but there's a lot of shit out there. <laughs> you know? There's I've watched a couple of uh, not. I haven't watched them because I've ignored them, but every trailer that I see looks awful, except for the three that don't. (laughs) It's like I work at a theater, so I'll see everything, but it's just like everything that's coming out, I'm just not super impressed by. I saw, okay, I saw Independence Day yesterday. Right. How was that? The new Independence Day. Um, Have you seen the classic? The original one? It's been so long. But you have seen it. Yeah, I have seen Did it. Did you yeah. enjoy it? Do you remember liking it? I think so. Yeah, okay. I had I had the old action figure of the alien with the head that popped <laughs> popped open. And that's the only that's the most vivid memory I have is just having that action figure. That's really funny. But uh the movie was the movie was really entertaining to watch. I was actually not bored at all. Mm-hmm. Um but it was just it just hit the ground running so fast, and they're just like aliens. They're here. <laughs> then you're like a and you're like, wait, what the fuck? What's not happening? much, not not much leading up to the story. Um, just kind of, it starts out the aliens coming back, and right. I could tell they just kind of did it for nostalgia purposes. I mean, the acting was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, I think the best person they had in there was Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, oh yeah, I loved Jeff, him in yeah. that movie. Um, Bill Pullman came back, and it, he was pretty much just struggling the entire movie. Who was Bill Pullman? He was the former president. Okay. He, he had that, coined that phrase, today we celebrate our Independence Day. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that was him. He came back, really? That yeah. Guy? And uh, Will Smith was going to come back. He had he had filming conflicts with... Uh... Well, he wanted... Uh, I read that he wanted $50 million to oh, do it. Jesus. And they were like... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that's a shitload of money. Yeah. So uh, that's that's, that's uh, Downey, Robert Downey Jr. Salary, yeah. Money. <laughs> so, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. money. So what they did was they, they had a guy... And they made it seem like... I'm not really spoiling anything, but they made... Um, 
Will Smith's character had previously passed away, mm-hmm. and they had his son in there. Right. But none of the ca- I didn't really care about any of the characters. It was not that type. Well, of Well, there movie. was no buildup for any of the characters, according to you. So no, really, there, like, re- the there really was not. Um, but it was really entertaining. You know, it was t- an action just, flick. Just, just basic action yeah. flick. Um, kind of cheap uh, special effects, but especially the aliens. They are so <laughs> ridiculous. The aliens are so ridiculous. I That's mean, so it, sad because the first movie was the first movie was genuinely like one of the classics, amazing like cultural phenomenons that happened. I mean, it was really good. Mm-hmm. And, like Jeff Goldblum was funny in it. Will Smith was hilarious in it, and the, like the action was so well done in the first movie. Like kind of kind of makes me sad. It's not the same director either. It's a different guy. It just had a very it had a very Michael Bay kind of feel to it. Uh, That's not cool. <laughs> Fucking Michael Bay just exploding shit. I think if you um, if you just want to kind of turn your brain off and just watch, it's a good movie. The hum- humans fight aliens. It's <laughs> it's fun. It's like the video game equivalent of a movie. It's like a hardcore six out of ten. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I'll take it. I watched. Uh, we talked about the lobster. Mm-hmm. I think even when you were here, we mentioned that I saw that movie and it was fucking phenomenal. It I was. fucking loved you the lobster. Cool. It was such an original, just fucking weird, quirky film. I loved it. I, I loved how weird it was, just kind of showing the pressures we feel to <laughs> yeah, it was such get a, into a relationship. It was such a satire of like what modern relationships demand of you. Yeah. That I, I I couldn't like the whole time I was sitting in the in the theater I couldn't help but feel that the director like got through a recent breakup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was just like super bitter. <laughs> And, like, I took my friend to see that movie, and there's one point where everything's just so awkward with the relationships, and people are, like, banging, but their faces are stoic oh my God, and whatever. Dude, that part where he, like, found a partner, and yeah. they were trying to make it work, mm-hmm. and the thing with the dog, oh. Oh, so upsetting. That was really tough. There were moments in the theater where she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I brought her to this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was uh, such a great movie. Yeah, go see that one. Anyone that's listening, that's really. That's yeah, really... I don't know how long you're gonna get the chance to see it in theater. It came out pretty limited release. I had to go see it in like a theater, like way the fucking mm-hmm. uptown. It was like a two living room theater. Uh, but a super fun movie. I watched that, and I watched the Nice Guys too. I liked the Nice Guys. The nice Guys was fucking awesome. Uh, it didn't have. It wasn't like the funniest thing ever to me, but. Uh, but it was pretty funny. It was good. Yeah. It was really good. I like I, I just like the there's something that directors are now kind of getting the hang of, and it's that kind of visual comedy that Edgar we had a whole episode on Edgar Wright and we talked about how he handles visual comedy, mm-hmm. and like I feel like a lot of directors nowadays like directors that the guy that did the Nice Guys had really good visual comedy elements in it, I feel like the Lobsters also had really good visual comedy. And so I feel like directors are finally getting the hang of visual comedy. I mean, Edgar Wright has been doing it for fucking ages. But now I'm seeing like sort of more films that are trying to approach breaking the general action roles and breaking the body cop genres and breaking them down and making a slightly elevated parody of the genre and uh-huh. then going back to the genre at the same time. So it's kind of it's getting meta and it's getting funny. Cool. And I'm and yeah. I'm really into that. That's why I really like the Nice Cuts. It was like a buddy cop movie, uh-huh. but not really a buddy cop movie because they're they're neither cops or buddies. No. <laughs> But it was—it just felt fun and refreshing, and sort of like ah, it's trying Gosling and Russell Crowe trying to find a porn conspiracy. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's so good. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I—I I thought Ryan Gosling 
did a really stand-up job at comedy. He's got this really sarcastic kind of deadpan expression <laughs> when he's uh, talking in that movie, and it's he he, my, he made it funny. It was, my favorite scene is when he's like taking a shit in the bathroom, and Russell Crowe walks in and he tries to play it all manly and shit. It's not working. He's like fumbling with the spans, the magazine, and the gun. Yeah, I was like, ah, how I bet this guy's gonna shoot himself in the dick. I just know it. I uh, I also saw Finding Dory. Oh, how was Finding Dory? I haven't seen it. Honestly, dude, it was good, but I was not blown away. I mean, it's a kids' movie, right? Um, but even Finding Nemo was a kids' movie too. And yeah, even, and if you watch that one today, I mean, you can still get a lot of the the main like plot device. I guess you could mm-hmm. say is that like drives the movie is that. Dory has short-term memory, right? And it's just pounded into your head all movie long. The whole movie that she just has short-term memory loss, and that's her biggest struggle, and how right. she's trying to overcome that. And because she's trying to remember, because the 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 is she st- trying to wait? What's the what's the what are they trying to find? She got when she was younger. She got lost, mm-hmm. separated from her family. Okay, and so. She spent her entire life trying to find her family. Okay. And that's when she ran into... Um, Nemo. Mar- Not Nemo, Mar- Martin. Oh, God, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking clownfish. They all look yeah. the same. Yeah, and so she found Marlon. The story actually takes place before Finding Nemo starts. Okay. And then we get kind of a previous um, old footage of Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. And then... We continue with Dory's story. We okay. show how they met and stuff. But yeah, it just... its a, I keep telling myself it's an animated film. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's supposed to have theatrics and be kind of wacky and silly. But it was just so extra. There was just so much bizarre stuff going on. You say extra. And I can't help but think that, like... I, I just can't help but think about Dory, like, walking with a Starbucks cup and Uggs. Basically. Uh... <laughs> But it was just there was just so many bizarre things happening. The octopus was weird. Um, if anyone's seen the movie, you know this like there's this like rogue octopus that's escaped from his tank and like the aquarium's trying to find him. But he's just like walking around. Can can just, octopus survive uh, out of water? Yeah, for a while. For a while. But they they have to eventually. Because this one's just like repelling. Like what do you call it? Monkey barring through ball. Like pipes in the ceiling, <laughs> and I mean, just on a complete Indiana Jones kind of explorer. It's super like the idea of an octopus monkey barring. I don't want to spoil anything, but go see it. If I mean, if you if you love the first one, I mean, yeah, it's a fun kids movie. If you have a kid, you definitely want to take them to it. Uh, but also show them the first one. The first one was fucking fantastic. Yeah, and I, like I don't know, just I, I liked it. Dory's character, but. Mm-hmm. It got to a point where she was struggling so much to remember that I mm-hmm. was getting really stressed out. <laughs> it was what just do you mean stressed out? Like the entire time she's just trying to remember things. And it, and in a way it really constri- it stresses. I feel like it can stress the viewer out that they're struggling so much. And I mean she really does struggle the entire movie. Yeah. I mean that's her thing. Yeah. And it was just for me personally. I was like oh my god. That, that I, I will admire them for taking like a risky move as making Dory the main character because Dory was a really good supporting character. 
Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking about because Dory was. I I mentioned this to my girlfriend that I liked Dory better as a supporting character. As a main character, she really just kind of frustrated me. It was still a good movie. I mean, go well, see it. It was Pixar. I mean, Pixar yeah. made consistently. Even their bad stuff is kind of good. Even the short that's before Finding Dory is really good. Oh yeah, um, they do have shorts mm-hmm. be, be be on their movies. What was it? Was uh, Inside Out a Pixar? Inside Out was Pixar, right? Oh yeah. I fucking love Pixar. It was just so good. Like Inside Out, they got animated movies down to a fucking science, and they can just ham up an emotion and just make you cry mm-hmm. if they wanted to. They I think, know that. I shit. think their next one. I don't know if it's DreamWorks or Pixar, but they got a new one coming out with. I hope I don't get the name wrong, but it's mm-hmm. called Mona. I think it's called Mona. Uh, Moana. That sounds familiar. I think it's a, Moana. It's a kind of a. It's Moana. Maybe. It's That's a, a, the Hawaiian girl, right? Yeah. This, this, and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> is the voice of a character. I, well, I just I saw the first trailer for it recently at Finding Dory, and it looks really good. Yeah. Didn't really see. Didn't really. I've only seen the concept art. For yeah, it, so. I wasn't really given. You're you're not really given much information. It's just a teaser, but it looks really beautiful. Very beautiful. Nice. Yeah. If there's anyone that can do animation, right? It's DreamWorks, Pixar, and Disney. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got. That's their fucking domain. There's if anyone tries to break into that, it's just they're just gonna get crapped on by Disney Pixar. Yeah. <laughs> they have to work with them at that point. There's this new movie coming out called in August, and I don't know if it's by either DreamWorks or Pixar. Pixar. It's called Kubo and the Two Strings. I haven't heard about that. Um, I don't even know what it's about exactly. It's, it's got like a monkey in it. <laughs> But look it's it got up. a monkey. Let's go see it. <laughs> look it up. Monkey. It, it's another anime. I feel like it's probably DreamWorks. Maybe. Yeah. Are those like the only two? It's Dream. It's DreamWorks, Pixar, but I think, uh, I think, and Disney they do animated shit as well. But I think that Disney either owns DreamWorks or owns Pixar. They're like one of one of both works for the other. Like they're owned by the other company. I don't, I'm not really sure. Because Kubo and the Two Strings looks kind of like. Um, some very Tim Burton kind of animation. What, okay. do you, what do you call that? Like with Paranorman and Go- I, I, I would Before call it a gothic, gothic animation. But it's like those type of characters. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, where they move like that, like the box. Oh, trolls. stop motion. That's what it is. Stop motion. It looks kind of like that movie. That kind of movie. That, those movies. Are good. It looks really good. Yeah, yeah. it looks really good. That, that should be exciting. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, ugh, dude. There's a lot of movies that just piss me off. What? Like, like what? just like how they're being marketed and distributed, like all the fucking. I'm tired of superhero movies already. You sure? The last one I the last one I saw was X Men, and I loved oh, X Men because no. it was totally not the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like full of schlock and cheese, and it's like, yeah, no, we're the X Men. You gotta <laughs> fucking deal with it. Where that guy? He's destroying the world. Why? No one cares. I've never really cared about the X Men. I'm just. I've. I'm they not. were my first superhero movies. I feel like I, the first superhero movie I saw was X Men One from 2000. Yeah. And I loved that movie. That movie is amazing. And I mean, X Men Two was okay. And then after that, like X Men Three, and then the Wolverine movies, and the Wolverine movies were rough. I'm not a. Everyone loves First Class, and. I don't know. What, I think what, it just what has is to, your opinion about First Class? I think it just has to do with me not really caring about the X-Men. Makes sense. Uh, I, I don't like how big the universe gets, personally. I like how small X-Men 1 was. Um, yeah, that's. I liked, I liked how intimate they were, too. That was my biggest problem with Apocalypse, too. Mm-hmm. That even though I loved Apocalypse, 
just because I was like fucking it was just cheese on cheese mm-hmm. uh they did try to go like like oh the world is ending but it's always been kind of like ah, oh, maybe new york is gonna get fucked and i know people really love first class and they love days mm-hmm. of future past and it just seems like there's just so what turns me off is that there's so many characters yeah and i just i don't i don't care about them <laughs> and i don't there's too many of them to 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 really care yeah, well, it's hard to put them all in the same movie and have them all be effective. Yeah. So, like, the only reason Avengers can get away with this is because they had, like, 17 other movies. And, like, they introduced all the... Which was pretty clever. They introduced all the characters before, mm-hmm. and then they smash them all together in, in a giant epic movie, whatever the fuck. So that's fun, and I think X-Men was trying to do that, but they only did two movies, and it was, like, Days of Future Pass and First Class. And it was like, oh, okay, fuck it, bring the bad guy. We need him. We want him. <laughs> But there was, like, no explanation as to, like, why Apocalypse is there. There's no explanation to, like, the new Jean Grey. Like, we meet the new Cyclops who did a great job. But everything's just kind of happening. Well, you know, they're they're new because it's not the same actors because it's... That's it's another a, timeline. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's essentially timeline. a prequel yeah. kind of trilogy. Which I, which I thought was fine. Like, they can totally get away with that. I just... Like, when they introduced new characters, they didn't do it nearly as well as i would have expected Mm -hmm. like cyclops introduction was fine Mm -hmm. but gene gray's was off nightcrawler was a little bit off angel who gives a shit storm that's my thing like they just have they have to fly through because they got to get to the main story so they're just here's all these characters right and i just could not get super into it and like even when apocalypse was recruiting the people that they were recruiting Mm -hmm. it's kind of like all right, we got Storm. Let's get Magneto. Okay, we got Magneto. Let's get the other guys. Like, well, what the fuck? Why do you need him? You're a god. You don't need to do anything. You're a fucking god. It was just, yeah, it was super over the top, like how the end, the last fight, too. Yeah. It just got really sci fi, kind of. Super, a I fucking of, loved it. I loved every second of the last fight just because it wasn't. A bunch the, of beams and screaming <laughs> and like metal just being yeah. about it's like oh we're gonna destroy the earth with magnetism fuck yeah <laughs> and it's just like what the fuck are you guys thinking but i loved it just because it was so ridiculous and so off the cost from like normal like superhero movies i feel like if like if marvel had done that movie that would have had three movies leading up to it and then like a final movie when it's like oh this is super gritty and there's political red tape and yeah and fucking sadness and my parents are dead but x-men is just kind of like ah fuck it (laughs) (laughs) so it's just a lot of just a lot of fun to see that back in superhero movies i feel like i was missing that because of marvel taking over and just making everything super gritty and realistic yeah and x-men is just like no gives a shit here's a bad guy yeah here's a bad guy here's seven good people they're gonna fight (laughs) (laughs) but uh, they did something really well it was uh, the dream sequences in x-men were really nice those are cool. Yeah, with uh, when McAvoy mm-hmm. uh, was fighting Apocalypse. And oh, yeah, I liked how they visualized it. Just yeah, trying, that was to, dope. trying to take over who was going to... The struggle of the minds, I guess. Yeah. Who was going to win. Uh, the interesting thing about it, it's just like... Brian Singer is such a weird director. Because he makes weird decisions. And the decisions are like, they work or they just don't work. It's never kind of like, ah, I can see that. It's always like... Fuck yeah. Like, dude, what the fuck? Has he done the past two? He did... Uh, I don't remember. I don't... I've heard not good things about him. He's probably hard to work with. He did the original and the second one. The he did X-Men the original? 2000, yeah. 
The nice. X Men 2000 and the X Men 2002. Mm-hmm. He did those, but I don't know what others all of this he's done. Uh, I like how they just threw in Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. For no reason. Well, that happens in the comics. Like that does. I, I'm not sure if it happens in that way, but like that's how Wolverine happens in the comics. His appearance was just totally unnecessary. They yeah. just know he's like didn't need it. He's there. Just he, like, oh, we got Hugh Jackman. He, he Let's make the this face movie. of the X Men. Which was nice, I guess, to see him, but I mm-hmm. didn't care. I was like, oh, okay, that's Hugh Jackman. He's not going to be in the next movie. Because <laughs> he's not going to do another X-Men movie. Did you hear about... Uh, about what? Anton Yelchin. Yeah, that was a huge bummer. A fucking He played Scotty, right? And, and the new Star Trek? He played... I think uh, it was Scotty. Um... I can't remember. And then it wasn't Scotty. Wasn't Scotty. Well, I actually I don't know if he, he goes by that name and mm-hmm. several other names. Oh, okay, maybe. I'm not a big. I'm not into. But the yeah, Star Anton Yelchin. Jo- oh, fuck, what's his last name? Anton. Anton. I I think it's Yelchin. Yelchin. But I uh, I watched Green Room a couple months ago. Oh, that's right. He was in that. Yeah. What, you, what did he play in Green Room? No, I haven't. They're like a rock band, and that's with, uh, uh, it's actually got Patrick Swayze. No, Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> to uh, Swayze. He's going to poltergeist yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I love Roadhouse. Uh, um, what was... How was that movie? How was Green Room? It's he... really... Uh, it was interesting. They... It, it didn't... It's like they're a rock band and they go to a venue to go play a show mm-hmm. and it's got like a bunch of skinheads there. Right, neo-Nazis. And, mm-hmm. And they walk into a room... They go backstage or something, and there's just a dead body there. Oh, okay. And so they're now witnesses to a, a murder, and um, then they have to be kind of kept there against their will, and then it's just kind of about them escaping. Huh. But it's it, a, is it, it a it horror a, movie? Is it a gore movie? It's more suspense. suspense. No, nothing really scary. Okay. Uh, it's just kind of gruesome. Uh, I, it, I've heard that. I've heard it's got that its plot were. holes and stuff, but it was an interesting story. Uh, I liked it a lot. That's really, really the only Anton Yelchin movies I've seen are Fright Night and Green, Night. Green Room. So I wasn't really super educated on his, yeah, well, his yeah, work. He was really young. He, he was a good actor. Yeah, he was twenty seven, yeah. twenty eight, something like that. So I don't think he's been acting for more than like five years, seven years. I don't know how long. Uh, Fright Night was twenty eleven. Well, yeah, I don't think he's been acting for more than ten years. But uh. The way he died is the really upsetting, yeah. creepy part. He got pinned between two cars, right? No, he. What I'm envisioning happened was he was on his in his driveway, mm-hmm. and his driveway is kind of steep, mm-hmm. and he went to he. I guess he got out of his car mid backing up. Okay. And he went to go to his gate. Okay. To open up, I guess to do, open up the gate or do something with the gate. But meanwhile, I guess he didn't notice or hear, but his car literally started f- falling down the hill. Oh shit! And it came down and and pinned him Ugh. against his uh, gate, his gate, Damn. and uh, killed him. And apparently, uh, the vehicle that he was driving it was like a 2015, some sort of 2015 Jeep, mm-hmm. and it had been recalled a lot because of a. Uh, Malfunctions like that. Ooh, that's so I guess that kind of that's brought up investigations into their vehicle. God, that's upsetting. Poor such a weird 
It's so, a weird accident. Such a, it's total freak accident. Especially shame. in a year where like a lot of actors and celebrities have been dying. This has been the most fucked up year yeah. ever. <laughs> 2016 is trash. It's like, really should. We and just like you can't make this up. This no. is the most insane year ever. Just what's like who we have to pick for for president and <laughs> all of these cultural icons dropping off the you face. Got of Alan the earth. Rickman, fucking David Bowie, all of these Prince. These yeah, these tragedies too. Yeah, it's, um, it's been the most trash year. <laughs> I mean, I'm personally having an okay year, but just. <laughs> Just but, as a collective, it's been a shit yeah, time. Yeah, it's been tr- terrible. Especially, like, the whole election thing. That's upsetting. I just cannot believe... Let's, let's just move to Canada. I gotta pick between... Between, like, a Hillary Clinton Nazi and a... And this... <laughs> tyrannical mango lizard man. It's... <laughs> it's been... Mango lizard man? He's just... What I really hate about Donald Trump yeah. is that he talks, when he's talking, I can see both rows of his teeth. I can see his upper row, and his he just bottom. talks with his lips bowed out, <laughs> and it bugs the mess it out of like me. It looks like a predator, like the predator mouth. Yeah, he just, like, his lips are so open when he's talking, Ugh, I hate and plus, him. and then he's actually talking. That's, that's a bad, I don't. He is, he is a disgusting fella. Yes, he, he is. He is not the most pleasant of people to listen to. Well. It's just like I, the way got. I see it is like we either get a like a like an oompa loompa Nazi, or or just like a, a liar president. <laughs> I don't. Dishonest. We don't have to get too deep into it, yeah. but I know he his campaign is just very fear driven. Yeah, and you know he's just people feed into that, and he's just giving us a bunch of promises and stuff. And well, just, that's what happened in Nazi Germany when Hitler. Oh, it's thing. very similar. Yeah. He's just kind of just saying shit, right? And people just are buying into it just because he's just so abrasive and forward. And the best thing he said all campaign was, "We should shut down the internet." I forget the context, but he, <laughs> but he literally <laughs> wants to shut down the internet. And he was like, "We need to." I think like some sort of site. I, oh, oh, it's because people were on the internet, you know, talking shit about recruiting. Him? people for isis through the internet oh okay so he's saying oh well let's shut down the internet and you know we got to get bill gates together and uh bill gates. he literally says bill gates we gotta get bill gates together and and figure out what can be done and i was like i'm pretty sure <laughs> bill can't. gates is not your answer he's just an <laughs> idiot i'm so tired i'm so tired I- let me tell you something hillary clinton could not have this election more locked up mm-hmm. i'm gonna say that right now yeah. There is no way. There's just no way this guy will be president. Right. There will be I mean, I think the whole system's rigged anyway, and I just think <laughs> there's just I think that the reason Trump is there is genuinely so Hillary could have won. Cuz there's no other reason why he's there. It's just it's going to be trash either way. I want it to be yeah. over with. I don't Yeah, know. I feel you. Let's get the I'm always prepared with. to be disappointed, and I think that makes it a lot easier for me. I don't think things are going to get much better. I think change comes Dude, from you as a person. Here's and, okay. Here's I'm just going to break you down a little because when I met you, you looked like a like you just look like a normal, genuine, generic white guy, right? But the, that's but the aesthetic I'm going for. <laughs> but the more that I talk with you, you're just like this. You look like that, but your thought process is just kind of like, ah, oh, we're all fucked. Let's just. 
Let's just get through this. I Let's don't want to be out. morbid. Like I, I want to have hope for people, but it's hard. Yeah, and I feel you. I, I'm with you 100 percent of the time. It's, it's most of the just, time when I'm awake, it's like, oh, fuck. The internet has ruined me. Like I, I see some really awful stuff. Just the way people behave, especially yeah. in the campaign at, at um, you know these. I'm not coming up with the right word, but forums. Wherever wherever a president's speaking, I just no, see right. like the riots between people and just even Bernie Sanders supporters rally rally, rally. Yeah. yeah even um even Bernie Sanders support there's videos of people that support Bernie Sanders just beating the shit out of Donald Trump supporters and I'm like well I don't like Donald Trump but I'm not gonna... and I'm like why are we why are we do- this is not it's uh, unnecessary it's unnecessary and it's offensive and it's like just but. I'm with you 100% of the time. Like, I, I I had no idea how much we were alike in terms of, like, how we view the world mm-hmm. outside of us. Because totally that thought process is, like, I'm prepared to be disappointed. Because, <laughs> like, either you get some really good results or you're just kind of like, eh, yeah, it's kind of what I was suspecting. I think a lot of people that support um, a president mm-hmm. just solely ride for a president right. through thick and thin aren't entirely really educated. Facts on all the issues because I don't support any of them. I mean, they all represent some things that I might agree with and some stuff that I absolutely don't agree with. Yeah. And it's just hard to... Well, that's a, that's the thing about politics, isn't it? You're not supposed to pick one side solely on one side. You're supposed to evaluate all your options. And even if you really want to support Bernie, but Hillary has the best policy, then you... Should and then Bernie's got his problems. I mean, I, yeah. there's, everyone's got it, things that I don't entirely agree with. So it's it's hard to it's stuff that you want to be educated on. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to know who to vote for and and what they stand for and stuff. But okay, I just saw a writing on your wall that says my tits are fun vibrations. <laughs> Give virgins awkward tits. Sorry like, to stray, but I just saw I just saw my tits written on the wall, and I was like, "What was I talking about?" <laughs> my cousin came over here, and uh, I'm surprised Chris has never mentioned that. It's been 22 episodes; he's never talked about the fucking <laughs> writing on my wall. <laughs> my cousin came here one day, and she was studying for biology. She's a neurobiology major, and she was just like, "Oh, I need." truck and then she just wrote that and i was like okay what the fuck why did you write my awkward my tits give virgins awkward hips or whatever the fuck <laughs> and she was like oh it's a it's a mnemonic device for something about biology and i was like you know what i don't believe you but i'm not going to question it at this point so i'm just going to walk away <laughs> <laughs> so that's been there for a while nice it's been it was nice. uh, totally threw me off what were, like even, what were we even really talking about <laughs> doesn't matter politics <laughs> yeah, politics just but, uh, uh <laughs> you know make an informed decision Know who you're voting for, and Donald. And if anyone's listening to this that's voting for Donald Trump, I hate you. But uh, <laughs> but we respect your choice to do so. But you shouldn't educate yourself. Like, yeah. fi- like, it's, I can't. It's, I cannot give. It's so hard to give advice. I just cannot believe this. These two people out of the entire country. <laughs> The entire country. I just, I just want to point out, you guys TV can't star. see this, but Jonathan is like has his eye, his hands on his eyes, going like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> the entire country. We got Donald Trump 
and, and Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Clinton. I'm just. I I, I keep thinking I, I I shouldn't really talk too much on politics. I'm not entirely educated on it, but even I know that this is not. This year. is a trash year. Yeah, but uh, but stepping away from politics, it's also a trash year, just in terms of like like movies. Movies are not good this year except for like the four or five of them that have come out. Uh, music is getting fucked up. <laughs> it's usually the fall where we get good movies. Yeah, um, usually that's when the Oscar movies come out. Yeah, but, uh, I, I did see Brooklyn. That's a good uh, movie. That's a really nice movie. It was really rom- that's a that's a very romantic movie. That's a great yeah. romance movie. But I don't like romance movies, and I liked Brooklyn, <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't know what was it about Brooklyn that I really really liked. Um, I think the direction. Was I loved. Really good. I loved. Her name is very interesting. She is a. Her, she's Irish. She's she is Irish. Her I'm, name's she, uh, Searshi. Searshi something. Searshi Ronan. I think so. Uh, the cute. Redhead. I loved her character. Yeah, she was great. I, I loved her character. She was very. She had just so much depth to her. She was just trying to make a new life for herself. And what I love is like it was a romance movie, but it wasn't like oh, women are useless without men movie. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like men are pretty shitty without the woman that they love kind of movie. I just like the role reversal. I like the authority that they gave the woman in that movie. I mm-hmm. like how they were presented. They were written so well and like realistic. And I, I don't know why. I just like the fucking movie. It's really well directed. Nothing happened. Nothing yeah, happened. Nothing in the really big movie. happens. It's just kind of it's very intimate. Great characters. Yeah. I cared about all the that's what I like. I cared about all the characters. And uh, I didn't really care what the outcome was. Yeah. I just kind of liked, I feel like I liked watching them. They I feel just, like anyone could have died in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like Petty could have died and would have been like, you know what? It's Fuck. Okay. But mm-hmm. you know. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I feel like the movie would have had the trace. But the guy that I really liked in the movie was the bootleg Johnny Depp, uh, the Italian guy. <laughs> just looks oh, just like Johnny Depp. Oh, what is his name? I don't know his name, but he, he looks like Johnny Depp in Crabbe. I was Baby. first introduced to him in um, The Place Beyond the Pines. Uh, that's a good movie. It's got Ryan Gosling and Bradley Cooper in nice. it. Nice. And Dane DeHaan. Oh. Dane DeHaan's one of the best Who, what is, young what actors. What else has he done? Dave DeHaan. Dane. Oh, Dane. Um... He was in Kill Your Darlings. Okay, I've heard he about was that. In, um, he was in that movie where three kids got superpowers. Chronicle? Yeah. He was in Chronicle? Mm-hmm. He's a really good actor. Very good actor, but he was in it. But also, Dane DeHaan in The Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, be- I know who he is, though. He became friends. He was um, Green Goblin in Spider-Man. Right? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun yeah, one. Anyways, uh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> he became friends. He becomes friends with that guy. Mm-hmm. The, the the Italian guy. I hate that I don't, I'm not saying I don't, his I'll name. I'll look him up. Keep talking. But uh, yeah, he was really good in the mo- in uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, he was great in a uh, place beyond the pines too. What's her name, name is, by the way, her name is Sowers Ronan. Yeah. Yeah, so, but I'm, so. it's pronounced um Searshi. And uh, Emery Cohen is Emery Cohen. Emery Cohen. And Domhnall Gleeson. There's all these people mm-hmm. that I didn't catch. Before they made it big, Oscar Isaac, uh, Domo Gleason, mm-hmm. uh, that fucking dude from the Green Goblin, uh, Dane DeHaan, uh, uh-huh. even the girl from Brooklyn. Like, there's, these were actors that I didn't know anything about. And then suddenly they're all in the movies that I like. It's like, what the fuck are you guys doing making so many good movies all of a sudden? Yeah, I like that. I really enjoyed Brooklyn. Yeah, and really I like nice. Emery Cohen. I'm very excited to see what else he does because there's something about his. 
his face. He has a he has the Johnny Depp look. like the way he talks and the, his yeah. face facial expressions. He's kind of. I'm gonna call it the Johnny Depp effect. Yeah, it's kind of like do that. he has a face that can be disguised really mm-hmm. easily, and like you really believe that he's that person. He's kind yeah. of a chameleon, mm-hmm. and I I think so, which is why I love Johnny Depp so much when he was like making a lot of really good movies. Yeah. You couldn't tell he was Johnny Depp. To this <laughs> day, I look at Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I was like, there's no way that's Johnny Depp. It's not Johnny. Um, that You just said, oh, did you know? I You mentioned Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and this fact just instantly came into my brain. <laughs> if they weren't, if they, I read that they, if they didn't get um, Johnny Depp to mm-hmm. play Willy Wonka, they were going to go for The Rock. Really? The Rock is Charlie? Is, mm. I keep really? saying The Rock just because WWE was my life when I was 11 years old. Yeah. We, we are always, really talking about Dwayne Johnson. He'll always be The Rock to me. <laughs> He's my rock. He'll always be. <laughs> through thick and thin, he'll be your rock through the rock. But uh, I was like, no. That wouldn't have worked at all. No, he would have looked <laughs> so stupid <laughs> as Willy Wonka. I kind of want to see him, though. He's very typecasted. Uh, he he's he's got to be that big tough guy. I saw Central Intelligence. How was that? Because I hate Kevin Hart movies. <laughs> I love Kevin Hart, but I hate most of his movies. Kevin Hart kind of gets typecasted too because he's kind of got the same. He acts the same way in all of his movies. Yeah. But there's something still kind of humorous about it. I like how he's like he plays this terrified, dorky kind of imbecile sometimes. Yeah, I can uh, see that. But Central Intelligence. He played that exact same character, but uh, Dwayne Johnson was really funny. I actually, my girlfriend didn't really like the movie, but uh, it was funny. I liked it. As long as the movie's like entertaining, those two it. characters mm-hmm. are, those two actors are perfect together. I think they both just have great personalities in general because they counterbalance each other. <laughs> and I thought the two of them together in a movie was fantastic. And they're gonna be, they're gonna be remaking Jumanji. Oh, really? I don't know if it'll be a reboot or a sequel, but it's going to have Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black. And I was like, I oh, love all three of those guys. Yeah, that's a good combo. <coughs> Sorry, I have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, I um, yeah, that, I thought that was a great, great decision for Jumanji. I'm really excited to see that. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that Jack Black was going to be cast. Yeah, and see what they do with the new technology. How they're going to. That was bananas. The original Jumanji. It was bananas. That was, that was really good. We watched that in my... We had a computer class at my old school back in Puerto Rico. It was literally called computer. Uh-huh. Uh, there was no anything specific. It was computer class. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And we watched that movie in there for the first time, and I was like, holy fuck, this is amazing. It's just like, uh, one of those... I miss Robin It's kind of scary, too. Yeah, it's like the, There's something really haunting about the thumping noise mm-hmm. from the like, from the game, that it just like... Boom, boom. And it was pretty creepy, especially if you're a kid. If you're a kid, that movie will freak you. That out. movie, yeah, that movie, definitely a little intense. Yeah, especially when they first start playing the game and the pieces start to move and stuff. I just remember watching it at a young age, and I was pretty kind of freaked out. Yeah, it was creepy. I I don't get scared by movies anymore because I've watched so much of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched The Shining when I was eleven. <laughs> yeah. Um, The Conjuring 2 is like the biggest horror movie out right now, right. and it's actually got decent reviews. It's got which a seventy six percent, which uh, I'm really kind of surprised by. Have you seen it? No, um, but I'm interested now. I yeah. really thought it was going to be terrible. The first one was a lot. 
First one was it makes cool. reviews, right? I feel like Hor- I don't remember what the horror in general. I mean, I'm sure you guys have already talked about horror movies, but on your podcast, but they are. Hard. You got, that's why The Witch was like the best horror movie that's come out in recent, like the past decade, right. just because of how perverted and wrong it was to be watching what's going on. Huh. It was just very disturbing. It was more disturbing than than actually scary. Huh. Uh, if that makes any sense, I feel like they have to go with that what now. you're watching. You just feel really, you feel like you shouldn't be watching it at all. It's just so uncomfortable. How the, uh, very it has the, uncomfortable. The Rosemary's Baby effect. I haven't seen Rosemary's Baby. That's what Rosemary's Baby felt like to me. It's just kind of like, oh, this isn't scary. But that's I how you can see. That's how you can really tap into horror. Yeah, and you got to really make people uncomfortable. Well, there's three stages of horror, and it's like the the unknown. There's a difference between horror and terror. And terror happens when the unknown, when you can't explain the unknown. And it's like coming after you to some degree. Uh-huh. That's when like pure terror happens. But it leads, it starts with disgust. And it starts with throwing you off balance. And then to making you face that even though you don't want to. That's like what horror does. I took a horror class a long time ago in college. That's interesting though. Mm-hmm. And like there's a very sort of strategic way to tackle horror. Mm-hmm. And it's usually always like, Break the status quo, present something, discuss, make the viewer or reader uh, feel like they shouldn't be enjoying this, like make them uncomfortable, pull them out of their comfort zone, and then ha- bring it home. And that's what good horror should do. And a lot of horror movies don't do that. They just they just don't. <laughs> hmm. But uh, like I, I know the Babadook did that very well too. Yeah, the Babadook was a lot... I've heard mixed things about it, but I personally was really impressed by it mm-hmm. because it was disturbing. Yeah, and not only was it like it, and it was it wasn't it wasn't really scary. jump scares. It was just it was creepy. You got to just watch this woman literally lose her mind. It's pretty bananas. And try to kill her son. And not only was it a whole And you movie, hardly ever saw the Babadook. That's the yeah. best that was the coolest part. I think he showed up the last thirty minutes. He was in most of the yeah. movie for the last Anytime 30. you ever saw him, it was for a second or yep. two. And the book, the element with the book was also really good. Uh, but what I liked the more about more about the book, <laughs> most about the movie, um, was that it was like a giant metaphor. And it's like a giant metaphor for grief, grief and yeah, mental you illness. Keep your grief in yeah, control. They, yeah, because they kept it, your grief, keep your grief kind of locked away in a room. Right. kind of how it... It's kind of like, it ended with the Babadook being locked in the room mm-hmm. and she started feeding it. But but it was really like a metaphor for like her coming to terms with the grief and then keeping it at a safe distance, you know, keeping it controlled and and happy per se. Yeah. Uh, so like it was a yeah. huge metaphor, and that's what I liked about the movie more than the technicality and the fact of the horror. It was like it was a horror movie with a message, and it was effective. Uh, and like that was the first horror movie with a metaphor that I've seen that does it really well. Uh, but like. In terms of technicality, horror is really hard. There's just something like jump scares are always going to work in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, because they are going to frighten us. Because they're just a lot But of we're noise. just going to be like, oh my God. And then that's it. Yeah. But something about being creeped out. When I, I want to walk away from a horror movie and just feel really fucked up. <laughs> you know, in a, in a, in a, as weird as that sounds. Cause just feel like you have to walk around with like, a bottle oh of whiskey. God, I'm going to go home and turn on all the lights and watch something happy. <laughs> I want to be, like, that is good horror. Where yeah. I can just go home and I'm not, I can't stop thinking about it because it just, 
was so disturbing. It was yeah. That's my idea. And that's the witch. If you have not seen the witch, please go watch the witch. It's just it's wrong. I don't want to. I don't want to keep saying disturbing, but it's it is disturbing. I'll definitely check it out for sure. There's been uh, and the ending. Oh, it's even yeah. The endings even more even more disturbing. (laughs) And it just cuts off. You're like, well, I'll go home now. I that reminds me. I watched uh, Hush. Have you seen that? It's on Netflix. It's about the. It's a horror movie with a deaf woman. No, I've not seen that. It is. It's really surprisingly good. It's not disturbing. It's not you know scary mm-hmm. or anything like that. But in, in the terms of slasher horror films, it, it it does it really well. Really. It it, it takes the it takes what you know about the it's genre. It's called Hush. Yeah, I'm it's on wa- Netflix. I'm gonna watch it. And it's uh, it takes what's known about the genre and just kind of like not flips it on its head, but it adds a little bit more realism to the slasher genre. Okay. And it's like sort of like a really fun play with sound design because she's deaf uh, and she's trying to fight someone off and, and that's in, in invading her house to kill her. Uh, but she's deaf, so there's like a lot of fun with the sound design and the idea that she can perceive sound, but he can and he realizes this. So he's just kind of toying with her. So like in terms of technicality, horror movies are getting better. There's but- a new movie coming out that's kind of like, kind of like that. Um, I think it's got Logan Learman in it. I don't know he's a he pretty established actor. He's in Noah, Perks being a Wallflower, okay, uh, Fury, okay. But um, I think that's the actor. Um, mm-hmm. But he goes, he's in. I can't remember the name of it, but he's in a new horror movie coming out later this year, of where him and this woman break into a a house or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but the owner of the house is blind. Okay, and he's trying to kill them. Oh. So they're trying to get away from him. Huh. But that would be interesting. Is there any promotional material out there already? There's already a trailer. Um, I'm going to try to look it up real quick, just the name of the movie. But it looks really good, though. I'm excited. I'm excited for, like, I, I want movies that are, like, movies that are starting to break the status quo and the normality of, like, what we're used to in movies. And a lot of, like, you know, your lobsters are doing this, the nice guys are doing this, the those kind of movies that are, like, nice, fun, interesting takes on an already established thing. Yeah. Uh, those are the movies that I want to see a lot kind more. Kind of like satire? Not satire, but uh, something that takes what you know about the genre that you're watching and then either, you know, removes the parts that don't work or adds to the parts that do work. You know, like, The Nice Guy is a buddy cup movie, like I said, that added to the buddy cup thing. But it was it, it was an organic friendship. It wasn't like they were forced to work together on something. And like like normally in a buddy cop movie, you'd be like, all right, you two are partners now. You got to deal with each other. Yeah. But the nice guys was like they just met and they had a situation and they be organically became friends, and that's how that happened. Do you find the name? Yeah, it's actually called uh, "Don't Breathe." Don't breathe. Because okay. that's how that's the only way he can probably locate them. Probably. Uh, but it doesn't star Logan Learman. It stars Dylan Minnette. Okay. He was in um, Goosebumps. Okay. Uh, a group of friends break into the house of a wealthy blind man thinking they'll get away with the perfect heist. They're wrong. <laughs> that's a great synopsis. Look it up. Look up, the, look up the trailer. It's called Don't Breathe. Um, I'll put a link to it in the description. It comes out August 26th. Nice. I'll put a link to it in the description below. We are about the one hour mark. Okay. Uh, like this is a freestyle episode, so yeah. But we're about the one hour mark, so we're gonna probably wrap it up. Okay. Pretty cool. 
pretty sweet. Is there anything else that you've seen that has been sort of, sort of like, holy fuck, I saw that? Because I, I got one. I, I saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, recently, yeah. The extended version. Your first time? For the first time ever. I saw Lord of the Rings all 14 hours of it. <laughs> the but you, but you, you, you had not seen Lord of the Rings, period. No, not though. any of the movies. Nice. No, first time. First experience with them. What's your favorite one? Return of the King. Return of the King. Yeah, that was definitely. It's so climactic. That's a really. It really is. I love the battle in the two towers. That was so um, good. They're both. They're all good. Movies. Have you seen the extended version? No, I'm not. No. I can't imagine watching. The a four Return hour of the movie. King in the extended version is four hours and a half. Four Jesus, Christ. thirty minutes. Yeah. The, what the, what's going on? I the, mean, it's just so all much. the information that they cut out of the theatrical, like all the lore. It's just added into it. Like, and I'm pretty sure I haven't seen the theatrical versions. I've just seen the extended versions. But like the theatrical versions, I get the feeling that they're going to take away all the sort of expanded lore. Kind of like talking about the elf magic or like the elf society or like why they're going to where they're going, why the elf lady can't stay. All these sort of things that happen, they just, they're just there now. And it's huh. four hours. It's four hours and a half for the last movie. That's Three insane. hours and a half for the first one and four hours flat for the second one. That's insane. That's... But it was so much fun. Like Peter Jackson made nine movies and called it three. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I really wish, I was telling you this earlier, I really wish I could just erase my memory and experience those movies all over again. They're so good. They're so beautiful. Much fun. They're fantastic. Like the, the cinematography for mm-hmm. any every one of those movies. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, were they beautiful. And like New Zealand is a beautiful place to film. Just because it's, it's got huge open expanses of flat earth. Oh, and yeah. just like landscapes that look gorgeous no matter how you frame them. And then if, if I think you, they filmed it all in like New Zealand or something. It was all New Zealand, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Hobbit Town, they built Hobbit Town, which you can go visit <laughs> in New Zealand. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So uh, I was when I was watching the movie. I was thinking that they should have just buy. They should just hire like a bunch of like midgets, and at some point in the festival, and just have like a Hobbit Town festival, and just pay them. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> Just be like, I just pay, just pay the man, and just have like a little Hobbiton festival. And then I realized how offensive the thought was, <laughs> and I was like, I totally still do it. <laughs> but it's, it's, I mean, they were just fun movies. Like the whole fourteen hours of it, I was totally invested in every character. Gandalf died with the fly, you fools, and I was like, oh my god, it happened. And then he came back, and I was like, oh my god, it's Gandalf. It's just so good. I love it, like, leading up. I love the way they lead up to big battles and stuff. I even I liked in The Fellowship of the Ring where mm-hmm. Pippin accidentally, you know, drops that corpse down a well. Yep. And and then it's dead quiet, and then you can just hear drum beats. That was so cool. And I love that kind of, you know, hair on the back of your neck rising up. Something's coming. Right, because you don't know if they're going to be like, oh, fuck, are they going to fight or are they going to... This is going to go away. <laughs> I just loved how creepy it was. And like uh, fucking, there's something about the way that the lines are delivered throughout the whole movie. There's something like organic and and just friendshipy mm-hmm. about the whole movie. And then Gandalf, when he gets upset, you're like, oh, fuck Gandalf. I think the Return of the King was nominated for Best Picture. Didn't win. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. But it was nominated. I don't know how I did it. The first two weren't nominated, but Return of the King was. So good. I watched the shit out of those movies. I'm going to watch The Hobbits tomorrow. Hobbits weren't that great. Have you seen all the Hobbits? No. Uh, The last Hobbit was really good. 
I, I also like Ocean's Mug. I like that whole universe, though. I'm biased. Yeah, no, the the definitely the world that Tolkien built was amazing. Mm-hmm. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Just he made languages. He created languages. I was, know Lon would was kind of Lon kind of relates the Hobbit series to uh, the prequel Star Wars. Yeah, just kind of. The great storytelling was over with, and here's just extra shit for you. Here's some more sword fights. Oh, and a fucking dragon. I can see where he's coming from, but it doesn't make it any less entertaining to watch. For me, for me, it's just like the quality of the of the storytelling. It seems like it dropped down a little from what I've seen. I didn't really care about the yeah. story there. Yeah, that was. It was but but cool. it's also one book, and they made it into three movies. Yeah, and the they, book's not even that long. Yeah, they milked the shit out of that. Yeah, so like I'm sure if they made one solid movie, it would have worked. Hmm. Um, but apart from that, I've also been watching a shitload of Dragon Ball Z. The really? Super. Have yes. you ever have you watched Dragon Ball Z? I grew before? up with Dragon Ball Z. I, I I didn't watch every single episode of every single saga. Are uh, you into anime in general? Oh, I fucking love that shit. That shit is my jam. I wanna. I want to get more into it. I've, I know Hunter X Hunter. Hunter Hunter's pretty good. Is it is it Hunter X Hunter? Mm-hmm. That I've heard that great things about that. If you want an anime that's like relatively short but really 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 good, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh really? Full, I know that's uh, on Netflix too. It's just just tears tears. It's so sad and so good and so funny. It's one of my favorite animes. Okay. It's just like. It makes you laugh. I've cried three times in the same episode. Of I want to watch anime. One Punch Man too. That one's really good too. I've seen the shit out of that. I want to watch that. It's really funny. But I'm Dragon Ball Z. Where oh yeah, no, I was watching Dragon Ball Z Super, uh, the new series. Oh, the new series. Yeah, and Man, it's really good. It is good. It's really, really. I good. I want to get the dubbed. I want them to come. Is it dubbed yet? On the website that I was watching it, there's 16 episodes dubbed, and I there's need, 47. I, I, Dragon Ball Z. I can normally make exceptions, but if I can't hear. Kakarot. <laughs> Kakarot. Yeah. Or, or the... If I can't hear that, I'm not watching it. I gotta hear Vegeta. Those are the two more accurate noises of that series ever. <laughs> I gotta hear... <laughs> Stressing out hard. Yeah. I like the fact, like, uh, Akira Toriyama. I think that's his name. His last name is Toriyama. He wrote the original Dragon Ball C series, uh-huh. and then they made GT, and he wasn't going to make any more after Dragon Ball Z, but they made GT, and then he was like, oh, fuck, I got to I gotta fix this. <laughs> and then he made Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> I want to, I need to watch that. It's really good. I can give it's you a website. Been, it's been a... There's 48 episodes out. How long, like, the Majin Buu saga was the last one that yep. came out? And it, it like picks eight, up immediately after the Majin Buu saga. Cool. Yeah. And the anima- the animation's so clean. Oh yeah, I bet. And Vegeta looks so much more badass in this one. I've always like been a ride or die for Vegeta. Really? Like, I've I'm never super into Goku. I've I've always loved I love Goku. He's just kind of like he's just boring. <laughs> Vegeta just has so much more depth. Mm-hmm. He he's you know the prince of all Saiyans. He wants to reclaim the throne. The throne. He wants to. He feels like he's got something to live up to he puts a lot of pressure on himself and he and he really trains really hard right. and goku's goku. just kind of like hi i'm goku i'm hungry <laughs> <laughs> that's totally that's totally goku but i just love the chemistry between goku and vegeta and like they're handling it so well in the new in the new series because in the last series they always had a rivalry but they never were never friends but now they're like friends with a rivalry and vegeta feels much more human 
than he did in the cool. Dragon Ball Z. So Vegeta's now actually like a super relatable character. I've loved just throughout the every single saga, I've just have noticed Vegeta progress. Yeah. And Goku just seems to kind of always stay the same. Right, he just gets stronger. Yeah, he just gets stronger. But, but Vegeta I, has changed a lot since the first time we saw Vegeta in the series. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just, it's an incredible. I love Vegeta too. I fucking love him. And he became a Super Saiyan God without even being a God. I watched uh, Battle of the Gods mm-hmm. and Resurrection F in theaters. Yeah, they were they were fun. They yeah, were fun movies. Oh, you watch them in the theater? Yeah, AMC had them for like two or three days. Yeah, I, we, I missed I them. I went in there and wasn't super impressed, but... The Resurrection of... Battle of Gods was really funny. Resurrection of S was a little bit more serious. Yeah. But... In the series, Dragon Ball Super, they go through the whole movies, and they have sort of the same content as the movies, but in episode format, and it's like you get a lot more expansion in the in what's happening, and it's actually really, really, really cool. I need to watch it. Definitely. Yeah, it's super fun. Uh, anyway, we are the one-hour mark, so we got cool. 15 minutes to talk about what's coming out next, and before that, I gotta pee. So I will be right back. R.I.P. Crying Jordan Face 2009 to 2016. I was like, no, that shit will live forever. <laughs> and they really are trying to replace it with LeBron's crying face. And I'm like, no. It's not going to happen. It will never work. Crying Jordan will exist for all eternity. You hear that, Reddit? Crying Jordan's going to exist for all fucking eternity. <laughs> Go fuck yourself with the LeBron bullshit. <laughs> it's a funny picture of LeBron, but it won't be it's crying not Jordan. Crying Jordan. That's funny as well. There will never be another one. That's one of those eternal memes. <laughs> like, like the sip, sip in the tea, Kermit, that uh, boy. Thank, uh, your dank meme knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> that I should buy a boat cat. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I fucking love memes. The f- this is in response because Chris just sent me a picture with my with crying Jordan on my body. Oh, that's right. Jonathan told him he was fired. Yeah. He (laughs) is fired now. We've been talking, Chris. It's over, dude. Sorry, Chris. We're going to have to have a chat later. Hit me up after this podcast goes public. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so we're back for television premieres. And Chris usually does this shit. But given the fact that he's not fired, now I have to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Love you, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so for television we have on the June 28th we had Nick Cannon's Walden tour uh, do you ever see did you ever watch Walden Out um, when it was good yeah <laughs> like in 03 04 <laughs> um, no no it's probably like 07 when that when that show was big I'm gonna go 05 Nick Cannon just has I respect Nick Cannon because mm-hmm. he's a really big businessman but he's such a even his name is so lame. And then he just recently want, he wants to battle Eminem, battle rap Eminem really? for for a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, I was like, fuck? can you sit the fuck down? <laughs> I'm sorry, Eminem fucked your ex wife, but damn, that's right, he did. Yeah, he, he did have things with Mariah Carey. He's he's just a lame dude. Uh, he's a cool guy. I know he's a good businessman. And that's super important to know how to. But work. his public appearance. He's got his own right. company too. But he, his name's Nick Cannon. Is that his real Nick name? Nick Cannon. That? What's his real name? Is that his I real think proper it's Nick name? Cannon. I don't know. He's just <laughs> anyway. He's goofy. He has a Wild and Out tour coming back on June twenty eighth on MTV two, 
Not even the first MTV, MTV2. Okay. <laughs> I'm hating on Nick Cannon. All right, you were funny at one point. <laughs> I don't know how funny you are now. Uh, didn't he work for, like, fucking The X Factor or some shit like that? Or um, America's he's Got on America's, Talent? He still does it for America's Got Talent. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> moving on. We got Sue TV on June 28th on CBS. Uh, that's a violent, that's a television drama. I thought it was a documentary. But it's a violent animal attacks upon humans are occurring all over the world. Jackson Oz, an American zoologist, and his Kenyan friend Abraham, as a fire guide, as well as Los Angeles reporter, a quirky veterinary pathologist, and a French intelligence agent, all seek to investigate the mysterious pandemic as the attacks be- become more constant, coordinated, and ferocious. So essentially, it's just animals revolting, and five people are going like, "All right, what the fuck's happening?" Interesting. I'm so behind on TV. Like, I don't I, watch I don't, I, I don't have cable. <laughs> I neither do I. I just do Netflix. I have Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. I I only have Netflix. Yeah. You should get Amazon because they they just now put Mr. Robot on there, and Mr. I've heard Robot? great things about Mr. Robot. Um, I would love to tell you what it's about, yeah, but I don't entirely know. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard it's really good. All right. Yeah. And then on that's all for June twenty eighth. On June thirtieth, we have Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll with Dennis Leary. It's about a band. Uh, <laughs> Who better? Huh? Who better? Dennis Leary is a... <laughs> I love Dennis Sex, Leary. drugs, and rock and roll. He's an asshole. I'm an asshole. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but he is now... This is follows a rock band that was really popular in the early 90s. And they fell off the, the map. And then the guy's... The, the lead singer's daughter was like, Hey, we got to bring the band back, but I'm singing in it. And they got to deal with that. That's all that it is. It seems pretty cool. Dennis Leary's in it. Okay. Uh, and then for our sports fan, we got an all or nothing, a season with the Arizona Cardinals on July 1. Uh, sorry, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll is an FX. And then uh, this uh, season with Arizona Cardinals is a sports documentary narrated by John Hamm, uh, which is really the only reason I put it there, just because it's narrated by John Hamm. Okay. Uh, I love John Hamm. He's <laughs> <laughs> so great. My favorite joke that I've seen on the internet is like, they put a picture of John Hamm. Uh, Don't people want him to be Archer? Yeah. I'm super down with that. He looks just like Archer. That could work. Uh, but I don't know. It's just... There was, I saw a picture on the internet one time. It was like, Moons Over Miami. And it was just two eggs photoshopped on top of John Hamm. And... <laughs> just oh, my God. Laugh. I fucking love John Hamm. Funnies. He's a, he's a, he has a thing with Daniel Radcliffe on Netflix called... Uh, some things of a young doctor. Mm-hmm. It was like Diary of a Young Doctor or something like that. Really good. Huh. John Hamm's fucking awesome. And he was in the last episode of Black Mirror too, the Christmas special. Oh. And he's narrating uh, an original documentary produced by Amazon about the NFL, uh, the NFL team, the Arizona Cardinals. It comes out on July one. It's on Amazon. You can get it then. Okay. And also on telly, there's a show called Between. It's a Netflix original on July one. It's a story of a town under siege from mysterious disease that has wiped out everybody that's 22 years or older. The series explores the power vacuum that results when a government is quarantined a 10-mile diameter area and left the inhabitants to fend for themselves. So it's like a, po- it's a post-apocalyptic yeah. scenario. Yeah, you got it. I got you. <laughs> uh, in the town, it's actually pretty fun. I watched the first season. It okay. Was, it was nice. Uh, did you ever watch iCarly? Yeah. The, you know the blonde girl? Yeah. I forgot her name. Jeanette right? McCurdy. Jeanette McCurdy. She's the lead. 
Okay. And this, yeah. Uh, and then we have the Great British Baking Show on PBS July 1. Listen, I, I put this in here because I watched the first season of this shit on Netflix. And it was literally two days of me just watching people baking. <laughs> and it was the best time I've had. <laughs> I fucking love cooking shows and like watching people bake on television. People, go, dude, people go hard for cooking shows. They do. People really love those. I'm one of those people. Hell's Kitchen and what's that? Hell's Kitchen, the F word, Iron Chef America. Iron Chef. Uh, chopped. <laughs> people are yeah. cupcake wars <laughs> my food network's fucking full of them yeah that, throat kitchen that, that's it's a cash cow yeah it's so much fun <laughs> and i've learned how to cook from watching all of those television shows i've I actually watched that more it's it's a Maybe lot of i'll fun. actually start to like cooking oh it's fun fun as hell watch uh kitchen nightmares with gordon ramsay's also another really good one <laughs> he just shits on people for half an hour for running a shit restaurant <laughs> and then he goes like all right, this restaurant's abysmal. This is how you fix it. And then he fixes it, and then he leaves. That's all he does. He comes in, shits on you, fixes a restaurant, and, hit, and leaves. It's great television. <laughs> but uh, the Great British Baking Show, it's with a really old lady that's a professional baker, Mary something, and then some dude that looks like Cesar Milan's British clone. That's all I can say about it. Okay. And people just bake for four hours a day. They just fucking bake. <laughs> and it's great. And the, every episode is like one hour. And it's nice. amazing. <laughs> and season three is coming. It's going to be in PBS. And then uh, Jim Jeffries on Netflix, also July 1st. He has a new special coming out. He is so funny. Freedom. He is fucking hilarious. He's so funny. Uh, Fuck you. I like guns. <laughs> his 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 bit about guns is the funniest. Gun control, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not called a protection rifle. <laughs> fucking assault. <laughs> I support you if you like. I, I totally said it in a British way. <laughs> yeah. He's Australian. Just but if you want to own guns, just say, "Fuck you." I like oh guns. <laughs> <laughs> he That's is, awesome. He's got a new special. He was the first offensive comedian that I watched, like legitimately just saying awful shit. And thanks to him, the I watched his other special, his previous one, and I couldn't stop saying the word "cunt." <laughs> um, for like three months, and to this day, I'm still not cured. I still slip Aust- it out. Every cunt's time. a really good word for Australians. Yeah, they say it so well. It's so you funny. Cunt. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Kevin. You can't. <laughs> that Kevin, one with, with don't the, be a cunt with, with the sheet with the the, the goats. Goat. <laughs> Fuck off, Kevin. That's <laughs> really an accent. Are my favorite accent. There's just something so great about him. <laughs> I have a couple of Australian uh, people that I that I play games online with, and uh-huh. every time I hang out with them, we usually play for like seven hours at a time, because we don't see each other often online, and it's just, I, their accent just rubs off, and for like a day and a half, I'm saying, all right, fuck off, you cunt, <laughs> and it's great, I love Australian accents. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin! Anyway, so Jim Jeffries has a new special on July 1st. It's actually, it looks really good. I saw the trailer, it looks really good. Cool. I'll have to watch that for uh, sure. He's so funny. And then on Netflix, also on July 1st, we have Marcella. Uh, she is a Backland. Marcella Backland left the Metropolitan Police for the sake of her family, only to have her husband leave her. What a dick. <laughs> she returns to her job on the murder squad, investigating a case that seems disturbingly familiar to her. I think it's a returning television show or maybe a new television show, but it's a Netflix original and it comes out in July 1. And it's got this kind of like noir element to it okay like dark gritty noir 
and I, I'm into that kind of shit, so I put it in there. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's gonna be sort of the same brand of television as Breadchurch, that sort of dramatic buildup of, of. I was gonna say dramatic buildup of drama. I'm an idiot. Sort of the dramatic buildup to a case. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, man. <laughs> So, Marcella, that's uh, Netflix July 1st. Jim Jeffries also July 1st. And then uh, for movies, that's all for television. Okay. Let's move into movies. That, this week sucks for movies. Um, it's, it's not going to be great. Oh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, they got tar, we got Tarzan. Mm, do I give a shit about Tarzan? I not really. Shit. Tarzan, it looks cool. It, uh, it looks cool. He's wearing pants throughout the whole movie. Oh yeah, he can't be in a loincloth, Brian. Uh, fucking, he's a man of the There'll jungle. There'll be an uproar. His dick should be flopping with the yeah, lines. Yeah, I want him naked. <laughs> I love how he like he's raised by apes, but he has the decency to cover up. I'm like, right, real Tarzan will be butt ass naked. He, his dick will be flopping with those lines. <laughs> be flopping in the wind. Uh, BFG. BFG's coming out. That's actually the first one. That's the only one that I'm kind of looking forward to. That looks cool. Uh, so BFG, the big, big fucking, fucking giant. giant. <laughs> That's the porn parody. <laughs> That's a big fucking giant. <laughs> the big friendly giant is uh, a girl named Sophie encounters the big friendly giant who, despite his intimidating appearance, turns out to be a kind-hearted soul who is considered an outcast. So he's a nice giant, um, but he's still pretty fucking big. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, that comes out July 1st. It seems fun. The Spielberg and the team that produced E.T., are the uh-huh. ones behind this movie. So that should be exciting. I know my Lauren, my girlfriend, she loved Rolled Dial books. So oh, yeah. She'll probably want to see that. Might be a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 with a good team of people, so I'm not sure that that's going to be It took them like bad. 15 years to make it. Really? They've been like, it's been, they they said it's been in the works for like 15 years. God damn. <laughs> that's a lot of fucking. Yeah. Anyway, and then we have the Purge election year. Which I don't feel anything about. <laughs> it's probably a pretty accurate description of what's going to happen if. Two years after choosing not to kill the man who killed the son, former police sergeant Barnes has become head of security for Senator Charlene Rowan, the front runner in the next presidential election due to her vow to eliminate the purge. So I like where they're going with the direction of like getting rid of the fucking the purge. The concept of the purge is, is interesting, but I feel like they're starting to beat it over the it head. It was a one-time film. Yeah, it was one time. You could get away. I've with only it seen the one first time. one, and I wasn't super impressed. Yeah, there's been two, right? I think so. I haven't, I think seen, the the, I haven't seen the second one. Uh, and then the Legend of Tarzan. Tarzan, having acclimated to life in London, is called back to. Oh, that's why he's wearing pants. Is called <laughs> back to his former home in the jungle to investigate the activities at a mining encampment. So it's not a rehash. Oh, he, he comes back. Yeah, he's oh. he was in London after living with Jane, and now. Oh, comes that's interesting. Back. I yeah. thought it was literally a remake. That's what I thought too. Okay, so it's in a, a sequel in a yeah. way. Okay, that that has me more intrigued than I thought I would be. Also, yes. Uh, what comes out? I don't know if you had this one. Swiss Army Man. That comes out in July. Uh, officially, uh, I doubt it'll be. This is the thing I hate about AMC's. We yeah. have. All these big movies, but these these little it's a indep- these independent films that they don't really. It takes yeah. us like a month or two to get them. But yeah, Swiss Army Man looks really interesting. That's super just, fun. Just Paul Dano, fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Dana Radcliffe, fantastic actor. And Did you just, ever he, see Horns? From um, Radcliffe? No, but 
Um, I know Stephen King's son wrote the book. Yeah. Uh, Joe, Hill. Joe Hill. Sorry, I didn't mean to go ahead with No, but yeah. <laughs> I, I like what Daniel Radcliffe was, is doing here. He's mm-hmm. just kind of kind of going that indie route, and he plays a farting dead man. With a magic boner. <laughs> it's a How great can you not want to go see that? Um, so I don't know when that comes out, but... Supposedly July 1st, so July 1st? check your theaters. Okay, check out your limited release theaters, because those mm-hmm. are the ones that are going to have it. Um, I guess I'm going to go to Regal Manor. And fucking yeah, see this movie. Park Terrace, something like that. Yeah. They got good movies. But that's all I have for television and movies uh, this week for the episode. Uh, it's a bunch of shit. And there's some really nice gems in them, but nah. <laughs> cool. You know, that's just, it's our job. You see that? You hear the papers? Fuck the papers. <laughs> uh, we're done. <laughs> cool, man. I got to co-host. <laughs> yeah. This was fun. Seriously, thank you for coming. Yeah, I'll be uh, here um, all the every other week now. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Chris got fired. Chris is gone. Sorry, Chris. But, uh... <laughs> But yeah, no, hopefully you'll be making more appearances in the podcast. And yeah. We just found out that I have a microphone that works, so holy shit. Be on my, I'm going to plug something. Be on the lookout for... If you say Frank Ocean's album, we'll shoot you. We're always on the lookout for that one. <laughs> my, my, my mockumentary, Finding Oliver Nash. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Brian will be a pal because he was a big editor in it. <laughs> Post a link for you to find. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun editing it. It's so it's, silly. It's been, it's, it's been good. <laughs> but yes, looking forward to that. For sure. And making uh, making more movies in the future. Hell yeah. You better, I, I'm, you better I'm, get on something. We, I'm writing. I'm writing. Go ahead. Thing. I'm ready to do ready to work again. <laughs> My dog just walked in the room like fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I'm writing. And I, I want to get something done before the year is over. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for coming, Jonathan. Absolutely. Thank you guys for watching. I will see you in the next episode of the For Film Sake Podcast. Bye, you guys. can communicate with us on Twitter at <laughs> At, at underscore FFS podcast. I had a brain fart. <laughs> uh, or you can find us on the iTunes podcast app, the Google Play Music app, and SoundCloud. We're all in those places. Dang. So find us, listen Networking. to us, comment, talk to us on Twitter, tell us we suck, call me an asshole. I don't care, do what you want. <laughs> but just talk to us. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. Have a nice one. Bye.